it's us again. The We Hate Rob Manfred podcast. I mean, the F and M and M podcast. I'm sorry, we're back at a quarantine for episode nine. We disappeared, but this episode is going to be a banger. So, without further ado, episode nine of the F and M and M podcast coming at you now. Well, it's been a while. A long time, actually, uh, but we're back, and so are sports, and we're healthy, and that's the big thing. You know, you had to watch out for COVID, couldn't do a podcast because of it. We're just going to go with that excuse, actually. Um, I'm today's host, Mitch Bala, and alongside me are my partners, Frank Lippold and Mitch Farnsworth. So, Frank Lippold, how are you doing? How's life? You know, uh, it's almost two months. Yeah, you know, hanging in there, uh, working a lot, golfing a lot. Uh, having a good time, you know, just hanging out. The first time in like my life, you, you we're in August, and I don't have to worry about school in like three weeks. So that's kind of actually rewarding. Just chilling. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Mitch Farnsworth, how about you? I do. I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, just like Frank said, I'm working a lot as well. Uh, I just got a raise, so that's good for me. Um, we love you that. Know, I've, Finishing up a little bit of school, and then you know I've got I think two weeks or a week, and then get my degree, and then uh, just working on that. But uh, glad to see some sort of sports, and like you know these last few two weeks, I think we have had you know baseball and hockey and all basketball back. I'm excited to talk to you and seeing you guys too. Talking and see you guys again. So I'm uh, I'm ready for the show today. Absolutely, absolutely. Nobody cares about me or how I've been, so we're just gonna go right to what people care about. Mitch Bala, we love you. So. <laughs> Uh, no, Mitch, tell us. How you been, Mitch? No, I, I listen, my life's been great. I, sports are back. We were we were we were right. talking last podcast of how how bad it was. There was nothing want to watch. You know, we were watching um basketball from the seventeen hundreds on peach baskets and everything. I mean, my goodness. We were watching a documentary on the second best basketball player of all time. Correct. Michael Jordan. That's the last time we talked. Factual. And now we're here. Now the greatest basketball player of all time is back playing in the bubble in Florida. So let's hop right into that. Um, NBA's back. 18 teams, 18 teams, correct? Or 22. Florida? 22, yep. Thank see, that's where, I'm, we're a little rusty. It's going to happen today. But it's great to see live basketball back. The competition has been phenomenal down there in Florida in the bubble. And the big thing, the bubble works. Just today, another round of testing came back. Zero players, coaches, or media, or referees, anybody in that bubble down there have tested positive since they've gotten down there, which to me is incredible. Just yep. hats off Adam Silver and the entire NBA on figuring it out and really showing everyone else how it's done. We'll talk about baseball and the catastrophe that is later because of Rob Manfred. But first off, Frank, NBA's back. We're back. Go. Yeah, like you said, uh, Adam Silver has shown you what a real leader is, uh, a real innovator, um, and the best commissioner in all of sports um, with the whole bubble idea. Not just putting the bubble together, but having it together and working. Um, and in the games that I've watched, uh, mostly all the primetime games that I've been able to catch, um, have been very entertaining. Um, and, and the competition's been great. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit. What, what teams we like, but overall, I, I think the bubble uh, is working really well, um, and, and there's been no hiccups so far besides Lou Williams, uh, but he had a little detour he had to make, you know, get some wings, um, but but besides that, uh, it's been great, and, and the whole uh, idea of the bubble uh, was really fascinating, and, uh, and I'm just so glad it, it's working. So what do you think, Mitch Marsworth? I think it's really great. I love how, uh, you know, the, the bubble system has definitely worked like you guys have talked about. Um, it's been fun to watch the games. I know that they've put up the fans, you know, on the video board and everything like that. You know, you got to see certain people. Like, I just saw, like, Paul Pierce was on the TV or on the, one of them sitting and watching the game. You know, seeing like that, that's great, but just the atmosphere is not the same. But, you know, this is how it is right now and uh, the way that we're living right now. So, you know, he's got to keep working with it, but I, I'm telling you, the NBA has uh, done a great job. Adam Silver has really uh, 
make, like Frank said, showing great leadership skills in the uh, unfortunate times we're at right now, um, going through a bubble system. It, obviously for us too, you know, the Cavs not being there, you know, we don't have as much as interest as we want to have, but Speak still seeing, yourself. you know, LeBron, Giannis, you know, you still got superstars playing down there. Um, it's it's pretty uh, pretty uh, um, it's eerie because you don't have that crowd noise, but you get to hear you know the players you know speaking. You know you can hear LeBron you know actually calling stuff out and stuff like that. So that's a pretty fun thing you never really get to see on a normal basis, but uh, very intriguing. Um, you know it's been exciting the last few weeks. I, you've seen an upset. I think it was yesterday. You know um, who was it? Uh, Brooklyn beat the. Uh, Giannis and the Bucks, so we've got some intrigue there. So, you know, sometimes the best teams now when, you know, it, it's changed the game there. But, you know, we get games every day. So um, it's it's been fun. I'm excited to see how this the rest of these few weeks come and, you know, hopefully crown a champion if we get that far. But so far, so good with the bubble down in Orlando. I, I So far, so good is the right way to put it. And I think it's honestly, I think it's going to stay that way. Um, I, the biggest thing right now is through two whole rounds of testing, which I believe 394 is the total number of tests for everybody down there. That's two waves now. So we're talking over seven, 800 time, er, tests and no, no positive cases. Um, I, I believe there's been one false or there's been one test where they couldn't get a read and the player for the Kings had to go into quarantine just for two days, but it came back. He was negative, had nothing. So, I mean, Everything's working down there. And before we go any further, Frank is right. Adam Silver right now is showing why he's the best commissioner of all sport. And his only blemish is not letting the Cavs in because we all know if the Cavs get hot, watch out. They would have got hot. Cavs are getting hot. And I think all the NBA owners of teams in the playoffs are a little worried. Um, I think, you know, that would have been tough. But uh, not to be outdone is Gary Bettman for the NHL. The NHL right now is back. They've had no... Yes, yes. As far as I know, no positive test yet either. I, so they're, they are following in the footsteps of the, of the NBA. Now, it's not as a small of a bubble as the NBA being in one location, but they're still – they have their standards and, and their rules and regulations, and so far, so good for them too. If only, you know, other Very much. sports or, you know, Rob Manfred, um, if you could just pay attention, but you don't because you suck. But either way, it's awesome to see LeBron James playing basketball again. It's awesome to see – I, I honestly love not having the fans there because, like you said, Mitch, you get to hear these stars talk and yell and just focus more on the game rather than, oh, look look what athletes in the front row on the court tonight. and uh, Oh, look what that player or those people are doing behind the basket to distract free throw shooters. It, I think it's really cool. I mean, they're in Disney, so it's not like Disney is a bad place. They're staying in some of the, some of the best resorts down there. Um, it's awesome to be back. It's awesome to see some of these teams like the Phoenix Suns. They're three and zero in the bubble. Who would have thought the Phoenix Suns were three and zero? Would be three and zero. Devin Booker hitting a game winner yesterday, ice in his veins. I mean, these teams are literally leaving it all on the court. I mean, I'm seeing stars when in regular season games they don't go hard, and we've seen it before. You know, even LeBron. You know, you're going to the playoffs. You rest a little bit. You take some plays off. But I've seen Damian Lillard on the floor. I've seen Giannis. I mean, we're talking front runner for or one of the front runners for MVP on the floor diving for loose balls. It's awesome to see these players going 100% the entire game. And there's absolutely no defense yet, which is honestly even better. I mean, I don't know I don't know how you guys feel about that, but the no deep team is not playing defense or the team just being, being able to score at will, um, I love. I think it makes the game that much more interesting. Yeah, the defense is very selective. Maybe like two minutes left in a game where it's tied. <laughs> that's, when they try, that's when they try. Even the defense that was on Devin Booker yesterday of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, that wasn't bad defense. Devin Booker just made a better shot. Absolutely. I mean, there, there, is some, there is some solid defense, like the GOAT clamping down Kawhi and Paul George their first game in the bubble and just reminding people that he can play defense when he chooses to. I mean, Kawhi Leonard looked like he didn't know what to do. Yeah, not, that's not my, not my top three player in the NBA. All right, hold on. Yes, he is. Ah. I don't, you can't talk about defense and not bring up James Harden locking up Giannis twice. Two possessions in a row. Come on. Uh, I, I didn't have that game. My cable went out. Oh, 
Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I must have missed that part. All right. I don't get any of the Rockets games for some reason. You're missing out on some great basketball, man. Oh, yeah. Uh I just watched my boy CJ McCollum and the Portland Trailblazers try to fight their way in only to get swept in four games by LeBron and the Lakers, which I don't want to happen. (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. And uh, Zion, everyone's happy to see him. We got the Zion versus John Morant matchup, I believe that was yesterday. And that was fun game and everything, but I'll turn back to you guys. Any final thoughts on NBA, the bubble, LeBron, the commissioner, Frank, James Harden for you? Um, you know, uh, I'm just really happy it's back, it, 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 especially with the Western Conference, uh, with the seeding. Uh, like the Clippers, y'all, you had think they had the the two seed locked up, but now Denver is only a half game back of them. Um, and then you have four through seven, uh, really determined by just three games. Uh, Utah uh, is. Uh, a half game up on the Rockets, but only one game up on the Thunder. And then if the Mavs are also there, uh, if they get hot at the at the end here. But uh, you know, I'm always looking about the matchups now and and what teams match up against what. Um, and and the Eastern Conference side, uh, it's also kind of close. Uh, Boston's kind of been, been slacking a bit in the bubble. Um, the Heat are only a game and a half back now. The Heat just beat Boston without Jimmy Butler. Uh, Boston sucks. They're going to lose in the first round. So just throwing that one out there. Um, but uh, I cannot uh, – we can't talk about the NBA without talking about uh, T.J. Warren um, just absolutely being the MVP of the bubble, uh, dropping 50 points uh, and, and really carrying the Pacers team. Um, and they're only one game back of the Heat. They're sitting comfortably in the in the fifth spot. Um and, and I'm really excited for the NBA playoffs, which uh, I believe start the 15th, uh, uh, not this week, but next week. Um, but I'm really excited to see how the um, uh, the seedings play out, and then we could have a whole uh, podcast show talking about uh, go series by series and, and talk about who we like uh, to win it all. So, Mitch Farnsworth, what do you think? I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. Definitely, uh, it's not as close as in the Eastern Conference. Uh, it's not going to trigger a play-in because I think you have to be within four. But uh, the Wizards are still. I think they're eight games back. Orlando, so they're going to have to half that with only four games left. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how that works. But I think it's going to be those eight. But on the Western side, you do have you know Portland sitting there. You know, are they're a game back of Memphis. They can trigger a play-in. Uh, only five games left. You know can lock yourself to make sure that you have that play-in game, which would be, you know, obviously a first, and we've never seen that in a play-in situation, but, um, yeah, it should be interesting these last two weeks. It kind of differs. I think teams are, you know, some have six, some have only four games left, but uh, very intriguing, you know. Um, yeah, you see these stars, too, like Warren's, you know, just a big star. Trey Berg had a big game a few nights ago. Duncan Robinson has been... I think it's just uh, just name every years. Michigan player in the bubble. Yeah, they have. I think uh, Duncan Robinson has the uh, fifty-three straight games. I think somewhere around there with a three. Been on um, fire. Let's see. I'm trying to think of other ones, but no. Uh, excuse me. Um, you know, it's been uh, it's good to see that you know some different players you know are getting a ability to shine in that uh, that bubble situation. So I'll throw it back to Mitch, and uh, I think we have another. We have one last thing we want to do. Uh, um, our who we think we're gonna uh, the playoffs, right? Who we think is gonna make the finals, though? Absolutely. Well, we're not gonna go to the finals. We're not gonna do finals just yet. You know, okay. Let's yeah. let's let's keep this short and simple. Let's just give me your two teams that are gonna meet in the conference finals on the two teams in the West and two teams in the East. Just who's going to meet? I don't want to know who's who you have winning that series. Just, Frank, you go first. Your two teams meeting in the Western Conference Finals. Um, it's going to be the Toronto Raptors uh, versus the Milwaukee Bucks. I really want to think the Heat will, will pull the trigger on the uh, the upside on the Bucks, but I just think we'll get a rematch last year. So in the East, I'll go Bucks raptors um, and on the western side, um, it will be the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Houston Rockets. There's mine. Mitch Farnsworth? 
All right, I'm gonna agree with you in the um, the East. It's gonna be the Bucks and the Raptors. I know the Bucks kind of. I think they uh, um, they just lost the last two games, so uh, it's gonna be intriguing to see that, especially losing to Brooklyn. That's a tough one that they could face up with, you know, in the stop. Uh, first they're round. they're sweeping. Then Giannis played 12 minutes, but. Um, it's going to be, uh, that's going to be interesting, but I'm going to go Milwaukee and Toronto. I like how Toronto uh, has, uh, just up in, upset the, uh, Lakers in the last few games, but I can't really call it an upset. They are defending champions, but, um, and then on the West, I think it's going to be the Lakers Clippers. It's going to be an all LA, um, uh, final Western conference final. All right. And I'll go off you. Like you went off Frank. I like your Western conference pick. I mean, I think it's going to take, um, not so much magic, but some variables for it not to be an LA versus LA Western Conference Finals. I think even if the uh, Clippers slip to the three seed, they're still not meeting the Lakers until the Western Conference Finals, and I think that's what we're going to end up seeing. The East is tough. Uh, we've had this going between us and our group message, um, and it's if we're just going off the standings right now, I can't pick Miami, but. Frank, I'll tell you right now, if Miami does slip to the five seed, I fully anticipate a Miami versus Milwaukee Eastern Conference Finals. Well, However, with that being said, I think Toronto, I just, I'm not, I can't get on them. They've played well all year, but we've seen them play well all year before in the regular season when we had LeBron and falter in the playoffs. They did it last year. They made it all the way. They won the finals. They had Kawhi. Um, I think... If Milwaukee and Miami can't meet in the Eastern Conference Finals, it'll be one of those two teams because they're more likely going to play each other in the semis. And then, call me crazy, but I think I like the Sixers. I think the Sixers are going to beat Boston in the first round. I think Boston is not – I don't think Boston has a chance this year. Nope. Uh, I mean, the Pacers are a good sleeper team. The Nets, you know, Nets and – Magic just they're there because they need eight teams on the each side. That's all there that's all there is to it. The Nets without I mean, next year we'll be talking about Kyrie, KD, and all the supporting cast, and they'll be the favorite, I guarantee it. But yeah. I I'll go this right now. I think Miami's the best chance of beating Milwaukee. For the sake of this, I'll say it's gonna be Milwaukee and Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, I mean Ben Simmons did just get hurt. So we'll see what happens with that, but I had cable for that game either. But I, but I like the bold prediction. If Philadelphia's been one of those teams where, I mean, if Embiid and Simmons are on, they're really good. But if if they're not, they look they look as bad as the Cavs. That's okay. That's okay. We'll see. It'll be Miami anyway. I like Miami, but I just can't pick them right now. Um, so Same. either way, we'll have an NBA show here in a couple weeks. We're not going to go on a two month hiatus. Um, but at least our hiatus wasn't as bad as the MLBs. You know, going from March till July. Thanks, Rob. And so here we are. Actually, I mean, we're, we're doing this while we have the Indians game on. The Indians are playing the Reds right now. Um, I have a lot of choice words for what I want to say. Mitch Farnsworth, you can start this entire um, segment of the podcast off, though. Uh, just about the Indians? Are we talking? Uh, talking everything MLB. The Indians, Aaron Judge, covid Oh man, I, I could start anywhere. Um, I'll start with COVID. Obviously, it's how can we not talk about it? Um, it's been uh, it's been interesting the last few weeks. Obviously, with the outbreaks with Miami, um, going with Philadelphia, St. Louis, uh, all these. Yeah, I think those are the main three or four teams that have been caught so far with uh, having an outbreak. But uh, it's get, I feel like it's getting tougher for sure. And uh, these teams are still traveling, and you know, once you leave one place, if they go in the same, you know, it, it, it's just tough because that team could spread it to someone else. That team that has an issue, Miami, I think it's what played three games so far. I, I think, yes, um, yeah, it's four, three, or something like that. Yeah, um, it's, it's, um, it's getting tougher. I. I have my doubts about how far we can go with this season. Um, with that happening, with that these continued outbreaks, you know, since that one, I think it's been a few days since we've heard of the last one. Um, especially, um, I, I I have to point out to the Miami Marlins that that's just that that is ridiculous. That you know, those guys are 
I, I don't know what they went out for. I heard that there's different places, maybe a gentleman's club or something like that. I'm like, you got to know that you guys are, you know, there's a situation that everybody's talking about, and you're, you we're trying to get sports back, and you go out and do that. It's, it, it's just not. It, it, come on, it, it, we're a gentleman's club, and the Cardinals were a casino. Yeah, so it, you got to, these guys got to be smarter. Nothing, nothing that's a necessity. Nothing that's yeah. a necessity. It's, it was it was the big time guys wanted to go out and do big time things. They have no yeah. discipline. We we got to be smarter than that. I'm I'm it's it, I think the one out of the most because it's the is the Marlins had I think sixteen plus you know team members. That's it's so way too high. I think St. Louis and uh, uh, Philly had like you know three or four. So it's. It's it's tough, but Miami to have over sixteen that that's just ridiculous. But uh, we're slowly getting through it. It's good to see that baseball is actually on. Um, you know, I have my doubts still that we, we will get through this season with you know trying to limit these outbreaks. But like I said, the last few days we haven't heard anything so far. Um, just I think just the last two days. But uh, yeah, well, I guess well I'll spin it to uh, Frank. You know, if we want to just stick with how. COVID has affected anything, and if he had anything to talk about, uh, you know, the Marlins or the situation going on there. Yeah, it's just it's just pretty annoying at this point. Uh, but the whole situation, I I thought they should have went into a bubble. Uh, I remember even our last show uh, when we talked about uh, before the season happened, uh, it, it seemed like it was gonna it was gonna have to be a bubble for it to work, like we see it with it, with it working in the NBA, NHL, MLS. Uh, but Rob Manfred uh, wanted to stall for two months and keep throwing the MLBPA terrible deals just to implement a 60-game season and already uh, turning it into a disaster. But uh, I, th- I think the season's gonna gonna play out just because uh, from the MLB's side, you know, they're getting these players on uh, cheaper deals. Obviously, prorated salaries are not getting their full amount. Uh, but plus you're going to have expanded playoffs, so you're going to have more revenue there, uh, and the TV deals are going to be up. So they're going to power through this thing just to get their money, uh, especially with the players being uh, with smaller salaries compared to what they're normally used to uh, in a 162-game season. Uh, so, I mean, they would have to be pretty catastrophic, for the, I think, for Rob Manfred to actually cancel the season. Like, multiple, multiple teams having major outbreaks at once, which... Is very plausible, but they just released new mandates today that yeah they have to wear masks 24/7 even in the hotels, which that should have been in uh, from the get-go. But you know that's Rob Manfred for you. But uh, I'll save all my I'll, I'll save all the Rob Manfred beef for Mitch Ballas. So Mitch, if you want to take your time and just elaborate on y- your your thoughts on your great friend Rob Manfred. The stage is yours, and everybody get ready for five minutes of Mitch Ballas. Rob Manfred's such a great commissioner. The best. If all the other commissioners retired, no one ever took over another sporting league again. <laughs> I mean, he is just—he is a disgrace to Major League Baseball. He's a disgrace to softball. He's a disgrace to Little League Baseball. Anything that has to to go. I mean, he, hell, at this point, he's a disgrace to lacrosse because it has a stick and a ball. I mean, Rob Manfred is single-handedly trying to ruin the sport. I mean, we'll just go. We'll start with COVID first off, because there's plenty I can get into, like our good friends over in Houston. And how he's handled that situation. Rob Manfred pulled a Tyler Naquin. He dropped the ball in the World Series. Because I still hate Tyler Naquin too. I hope he doesn't play this year. Either way, Rob Manfred had numerous opportunities to correct this, to get this under control, to figure things out. But like Frank said, he didn't just lowball him. He spiked a curveball 50 feet instead of 60 feet 6 inches. He is atrocious. I mean, we've talked about it before throughout all of our other eight episodes of the blackout restrictions, the replay restrictions, how they send out highlights and everything. I mean, my God, what do we have to do to get this man out of here? Because he's single-handedly ruining the game of baseball. It's it's a travesty. It's frustrating. It's nice to see numerous players now, before it was just Trevor Bauer, numerous players now expressing their feelings on how everything's done, the testing. I mean, it's guy. The rules he's put in has already come back to bite the Indians in the butt. What was that? Third, second, third game of the year, the extra inning rule. I mean, I can't 
get on him too much about the X or the uh, double header rules just because of we're in an unprecedented time of having two nine inning games. It's it's different. Okay, that's the only one I'll let it slide. I still think it should be nine innings, but I can see the reasoning for if you're playing a double header right now for seven inning games. But Rob Manfred, you're terrible. I mean, there's nothing else to say. And the fact the players have been mostly all the MLB. I mean, you look at the NFL right now, and all these players are opting out because of concerns for safety guidelines and and the standards. MLB has not been great with their guidelines and standards and what they propose and everything. And somehow they're still playing. The one thing I'll say is Mitch Farnsworth, you touched on it. You know, the Phillies had a couple players that tested positive for the virus. The players from the Marlins that tested positive that went out, they lose their salary. The players in the Phillies that tested positive, they regained their salary because that was out of their control. So likewise had the twins tested positive because they played the Cardinals. Those players, the twins would have kept their the salary for those games played. Where now the Cardinals and the Marlins players that got virus, they've had to forfeit those game salaries. And that was in the rules. That's the only thing I agree with. Um, but it's I, I'm out of words. I can go on all day. We could have an entire episode of me just telling you why Rob Manfred's the worst. But we'll just take it from COVID now and now explain to you how it's even possible to get worse because here we are. I mean, he he's trumped himself. Joe Kelly gets suspended eight games, which, by the way, in case you're unaware, if we have any baseball people out there, 60-game season this year, that's the equivalent of every game equaling out to 2.7 games. So Joe Kelly gets suspended for eight games for having a wild inning against the Astros. And when I say wild, go back and watch the full inning because that man couldn't throw a strike. He walked numerous players, threw at Alex Bregman's head, which he deserved it to begin with, but either way, didn't hit him, throws a breaking ball at Carlos Correa. Now, I guys, I know from my playing days, I know some of our listeners that play baseball, if you're ever going to hit a guy, you hit him with a fastball because breaking pitches and off-speed pitches, those don't hurt and those don't send a message. Joe Kelly, the hero that we deserved, the hero that baseball deserved and America needed and got has a wild and he throws at Alex Bregman, throws at Carlos Correa, the first pitcher all year to throw at the Astros. Now, take it as you wish. I still think there wasn't malicious intent behind it. The only fastball was to Bregman near the head area. But he gets suspended eight games. But last night, I don't know if you guys saw Madison Bumgarner hit four Astros. Yep. Did he get suspended? You know, anybody see that yet? Has he gotten suspended? Because, my God, if he hit four of them and Joe Kelly didn't hit any, that means Bumgarner should be suspended for 60, right? Yeah. Life. I, I mean, what? Rob Manfred is protecting cheaters, he's protecting liars, and he's ruining the game of baseball. He's made, he's not making baseball fun, okay? they've their, their ratings are going down. The only reason they're up is because there were no other sports on when the opening day happened. That's it. They, they have dropped this ball of regaining interest for fans and everything that would get people wanting to be back around the America's pastime. And he dropped it. And now you have a huge blemish because now if you accidentally, or unless you're Madison Bumgarner, if you, if you throw an Astros hitters, you're getting suspended and eight games in a 60 game season. That's a lot, especially as reliever. Okay. I mean that if you're a starter, that's different. That's two starts, a reliever. That's, Realistically, depending on your schedule, that could be eight appearances. I mean, it's I, I he's covering up cheaters. He's called the Commissioner's Trophy, the World Series Trophy, a piece of metal. He's implemented rules to make baseball go quicker. It, none, none of it is helping. He is the problem. He is the sole problem. He needs to get out of baseball. He needs to go find something else and get as far away from any sport he possibly can. I, I just, I'm done. I, he's terrible. I hate him. This, I'd love to rename the show the We Hate Rob Manfred podcast. I'll start a show just reminding you every day how bad he is of a commissioner. And th- on to you guys. Well, that I mean, message brought to you by Mitch Baller <laughs> is represented of the Manfred Out movement. Um, <laughs> Do we want to talk about the actual game star, Cleveland Indians? And, I honestly want your opinion on just the Astros. Just give me your Joe Kelly reaction and the Astros reaction 
and the fact that Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, and George Springer are all heading below 200 right now. Well, I mean, I think it's hilarious. You hear all the announcers digging at him like it's he was guessing on that pitch. It's harder to guess than to know, and it just sucks that, of course, the Astros have been getting bailed out all year long. Uh, they get caught cheating. They they don't really have any remorse for cheating. Um, and then you, you already saw how bad it was when spring training was there with fans, uh, how they were getting beamed every game. And now, of course, they're supposed to have this huge tour of all these fans hating on them everywhere they go for 162 games. Now they get a nice 60 games with no fans, nobody to yell and scream at them. Uh, and then, like you said, Rob Manfred protecting them, especially with this whole Joe Kelly situation. Whether, I mean, throwing at someone's head, regardless, I mean, technically you could kill someone with the fat. It's dangerous. I'm not saying it's not dangerous. I mean, I'll come out. Listen, I played baseball my entire life. It's dangerous, yes. If you want to throw it really hard, throw it at his back, throw it at his thigh. Uh, But like you said, he was very wild. Uh, I I feel like maybe the the pitch to Bregman, it was already a 3-0 count, so you just said, F it, let me throw it behind him. Uh, if there was one pitch that was on purpose, I probably would think it would be the Bregman one. The the Correa one that was at his head, I mean, that was just a breaking ball that, that, that had no break to it. <laughs> just went right at his head. Uh, and and then, the, then he ends up shaking him out with the pitch away. And then uh, the bench is clear when he mocks him. And then he had that famous Joe Kelly meme uh, of him frowning his face at him, telling him that was easy. Um, and Before you continue. I would just like to point out that, that all these Astro fans that are saying, Joe Kelly was walking away. He didn't want to fight. What are you supposed to do when you get the last out of an inning in the middle of a game? Guys, last time I checked, you go to your dugout. This would be Isn't accurate. That, would be accurate. that would be accurate. It's <laughs> right, so COVID, guys. He's fucking looking out for them. Are you oh, kidding God. me? Unreal. Good guy, Joe Kelly. My God. He's looking out for everybody. But that, that's the only other point. People saying... Oh, he was walking away from credit. Yeah, he was going back to his dugout. He's a pitcher. What do you want him to do? It's just, Houston fans don't know baseball. <laughs> hey, you might not be oh, wrong. Uh, but, but nonetheless, with, with the whole Joe Kelly situation, the suspension, I mean, we texted about it right away in the group chat. It was, like, pretty shocking that it, it was for that many games. Then you had the Marcus Strowmans of the world speaking out about it um, and, and, and being in disgust against the MLB. Um, and I mean, MLB just kicks themselves in the foot more than any sport, uh, and and, the, and and this whole season, uh, proving it again uh, with the, the terrible leadership, uh, no control over anything, um, and you know, uh, this is just another example of that. So, Mitch Farnsworth, uh, for your final thoughts, I just think it's, it's the suspension is absolutely ridiculous. I, I'm I was just. I just love how Manfred has made this that there's more repercussions for throwing at the Astros than there were repercussions for the guys that cheated the game of baseball. And it feels like it was like the 1980 Black Sox, pretty much. That, that's our 1919 Black Sox. That's pretty much our 1919 Black Sox is, you know, them cheating. It's, it's just terrible to the game of baseball that there's the repercussions are worse for the people that are beating the freaking cheaters and they are for the cheaters uh, it's, it's just ridiculous to me absolutely ridiculous the eight game suspension is uh, maybe i would say maybe a game suspension maybe and that that was just for you know on a it, it, it's it's ridiculous i i could go into this for so long but i don't think i have enough time like it's it's just absolutely a mess in the MLB with Rob Manfred as the commissioner. So um, we're talk about it on the Rob Man on the We Hate Rob Manfred podcast and debuting soon. Exactly, it's coming soon. Um, you know, uh, j- make sure we are going to put up a uh, a petition for Rob Manfred out as commissioner of MLB, and we're going to put Mitch Ball as the uh, head of Major League Baseball. Um, so. Uh, you know, we'll put that petition up later, but uh, all back to baseball. Um, yeah, it, it, it's kind of out of control with Manfred in in, uh, in control of uh, MLB with it, from COVID to suspensions to uh, it's all it's unreal. Just like uh, um, Mitch kind of uh, said yesterday that they got beaned four times and 
there's no outrage. There's no nothing. There's absolutely nothing. I think the reaction is what we got more of and that led to the suspension from the Astros because the Astros didn't react at all. At all. Like they were just four of them got beamed and they walked straight to birds. There was nothing about it. But the reaction from him got him eight games. I, I, I don't get it. He, and I don't know. I think Correa is the one that, you know, instigated that. And Kelly was just going, you know, doing what he was doing. And then it, it was just ridiculous. I, I don't, I don't see eight games. I would say, okay, he, he lost track of one ball. It got close to his head. One game done. It's over. Don't have to worry about it. But eight games, a whole week of baseball, you get taken out for a, a situation that he didn't even start. Correa is the one that instigated it, wanted to continue to talk, and then when he struck out, Kelly was like, hey, no, so I, go sit down. That's it. It was much more than that, but you know, I can't really say that on the podcast is what he actually said. But um, I'll, I'll, that's pretty much what I'll, I'll leave off of that. You know, MLB is a mess with um, uh, Manfred and with suspensions and everything like that, COVIDs. But, you know, I'm, I'm at least happy that baseball is on. So at least we have that for the, for the foreseeable future, I hope. But I'm right. not going to jinx that. Right. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll keep it with baseball then. We'll, we'll tone it down for our listeners on Rob Manfred. We'll save that for another episode. But, um. Indians, Woof. phenomenal pitching. Uh, some oh, of the more baseball offense, yeah. Uh, some of the worst in baseball. Statistically, before yesterday's win, they were the worst offense in baseball with runs scored and batting average. Um, just to you know, put it this way: the Marlins, who have only played three games this year, they're two and one. Um, and we know we touched on earlier; haven't played because of the outbreak of the virus have scored 17 runs in three games. The Indians last night, through 12 games, had scored 34. The Miami Marlins, who I guarantee you most of our listeners could not name more than three offensive starters, have scored half the runs as the Cleveland Indians in three games. The Indians' offense right now is atrocious, and there's no, well, you know, at least this guy's doing this. No, I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you. Yeah, I love Jose Ramirez. Yeah, he might still be right around 300. But he's bad. Francisco Lindor is pressing. And if you don't think he is, then you need to go have a reality check because he is. Um, Fran Mel Ray is finally at a home run last night. But before that, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat in the middle of Lake Erie. Carlos Santana is, is lost, which is very weird to say because as big of a power threat as he is, Santana is usually one of our best hitters. He's still getting his walks, but, I mean, we're not even going to talk about our sixth or nine hitters. Uh, Jordan Luplo is still without a hit this year. Um, I believe before the first game in Cincinnati, Oscar, Oscar Mercado had two hits on the year. Uh, Sandy Leone, I believe, has only one or two hits on the year. Uh, it, it's bad, guys. It, it's The offense is bad. I can't figure out if they're pressing already, if they are facing that good of pitching. I mean, our pitching staff went into Minnesota, the hottest team in baseball, arguably, if you don't think they are the hottest, then they're top two, top three. Um, there's no debate with that. And held them to four runs or less in a four-game series every game. And we lost three of them. I mean, it's the only game we won is when Cy Young frontrunner Shane Bieber goes out there and throws lights out like he's done in all three starts of his. Um, I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys. I'll start with Mitch Farnsworth here because I know Frank is going to be riled up for this one. So, Mitch Farnsworth, give me your reaction on the Indians, their lineup, their pitching, everything going on. Um, well, one part of the pitching is the starting pitching has been pretty good. Most of our starts have been excellent, especially from, um, like you said, front runner uh, for Cy Young, Shane Bieber, who's uh, averaging a strikeout and a half per inning that he pitches through 21 innings. So, um, it's just amazing seeing him play this well in three starts. Just Three and all, you know. I think it's twenty-one pitches or twenty-one innings pitched, thirty-five strikeouts, um, an ER like earned run. I think he only has two earned runs all year in these three starts. So uh, that's what we've been seeing. And main of um, from him is just incredible. Um, starting pitches, other I've you know they've been reasonable, gave us chances to win, but um, it's the bats that are. It's just 
been a plague. It's just that we, I don't know what we have to do, but like bats on milk cartons, help find them for the Indians. I, I don't know. Um, it, it's been, they've been gone with the bats. I have no idea what happened there. Um, it, it's, it, it's been uh, tough. We started so well and then you see the bats rigged and you don't want to have like these stretches where you don't, you can't hit. You can't have these in a short season like this. 60 games, and we're, you know, we had five or six bad games. You know, you just throw that out the window. We're at five, are we barely at 500, I think, now? So, and now we're fourth place in the AL Central. It's tough to get back and seeing how Minnesota's been doing so well recently, it's going to be tough. Um, you know, uh, it's it sucks. It was good to see Fran Mealy hit this home run, get out of his, his, hopefully get out of his slump that he had to begin there. Uh, because of the 32 home runs last year, you know, it's you want to you want to try to replicate that, but I know the season's had cut half or even more than half, but uh, it's good to see that. Hopefully, that gets a swing. Um, in the bullpen, I think I <laughs> that's a that's a tough story. Uh, um, I I don't I I don't even want to get into that one, but uh, yeah, that one for Frank or for myself. I mean, that's. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that one. I'll leave that one, Frank, for sure, because he's he's got plenty to talk about. Um, Mitch, here, I'll ask you this: Are yeah, straight up, yes or no? Are you worried with how they played? If it was 162, I would say absolutely not. If I, in a 60 game, I would say I'd be worried. And, and, and you're allowed to be. That's that's the whole thing. I was going to say before you turn it over to Frank. You're allowed to overreact this year because it is oh, yeah. only 50 games. If this is a normal season, we aren't. Yeah, we're we're mad because we're we're true fans. And, you know, you want to go out there and win every game, which doesn't happen in baseball. But you are allowed to overreact this year in a sixty game season. Exactly. You know, it's those that five game stretch where we or four game stretch was we didn't look good. We couldn't hit the starting pitcher. Starting pitching is the only thing that kept us in our games, and we just couldn't hit at all. It's it, it was just wasted outings of you know great pitching that you know. We need to keep like you're not going to have it every day. You're not going to have it, you know, at a level that we have right now. But we all hope we would. But you know, the bat's got to come alive because we can't keep you know relying on the starting pitching to keep us you know give um you know give only two runs and then we can't even put a score on the board. So I'll go to Frank now. I know he's got plenty to talk about. You know, it's it's I'm really concerned, but you know. It's that's the main thing, but I'll I'll go over to Frank now. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm as concerned as you guys are. Uh, it, it's just really frustrating that all the teams I root for this one really pisses me off the most, uh, especially with with the way this season started uh, so well, and then through twelve games, you had thirty runs. Um, right before the well, the first game of the Reds, they had six runs in the last six games, uh, which is now what not what you want. Uh, the 12 games they've played so far, they've had 11 quality starts. You would at least think eight, nine wins with that, um, stuck at six and six. Um, and, and it's just been really it's been really frustrating to watch, like Mitch Paula touched on the bottom of the lineup, loop low 0 of 16. Uh, I don't know why he's in lineups against right, uh, right-handed pitchers. That should at least give Daniel Johnson a chance. Um, he, uh, it's just it's just frustrating. Um it, Farnsworth, you touched on the bullpen. The bullpen's actually been really solid uh, outside of Brad Hand. Um, going into yesterday's game, had a, a solid ERA of over 15. Um, I don't think you want that. Um, but, you know, all in all, like you said, overreaction. Um, uh, I mean, uh, I, the law of averages stayed. Well, they'll, they'll, they should hit the ball better soon, but I don't know with this team. Um, with, with the way that Lindor, Jose... I mean, Carlos and Fran Mill have all been struggling. I mean, those are your four of your best hitters, and and none of them can really get hot at the same time, click at the same time. And um, we'll see what happens. Uh, the pitching won't always be this great. I mean, I don't think we've only had one dud uh, out, of, out of a start, and it wasn't even that bad of a start. Um, but hopefully they can turn it around. Right now, I th- out of the eight teams that would be in the playoffs, they'd be the seventh spot. Uh, which isn't what you want, uh, especially when the Twins are 9-2, and two, um, and they'll probably win again today. They're playing the Pirates. It'll be one of the first teams to 10 wins. 
Um, and I before the season started, I never put it on a podcast, but other boys know I predicted the Indians to go 38-22, uh, win the AL Central, because I thought we would hit. I know I knew the pitching would be there, uh, and I thought our lineup would be somewhat formidable in the top half of baseball, but they have just been one of, if not the worst hitting teams. Uh, they were lucky to beat the Reds yesterday. Reds... They didn't hit the ball out of the infield and score two runs. So, but I mean, a win's a win in baseball. Uh, but hopefully, they can turn around here soon. Um, Tito's been away from the team, uh, so hopefully, he can get better, um, having health-related issues. So hopefully, uh, he can come back uh, and and be the great anchor he is for this team. Um, but overall, I I mean, disappointed, especially being six and six, uh, especially after having that that first huge win in Minnesota and was at first place at one point. Um, but now the twins have won five in a row. The white Sox were one in four. Now they've won six in a row. Um, and they're already three and a half back, uh, of the twins. Um, and, and you, you can't have slumps in this season, uh, with just the 60 games, uh, you can't have a, you can't lose four or five in a row and, and hopefully they can make up for the poor week they had last week and, especially with the, the divisional games. You win as many divisional games as you can. Um, but overall, hopefully they can bounce back with the bats. The Shane Bieber will win the Cy Young. Uh, he's just been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, third most strikeouts of all time through three games, just behind Nolan Ryan and Garrett Cole. I think those guys are pretty good. Um, so that's when... Oh, let, me check. let me check. Yeah, I can, I can yeah. confirm they're pretty good. Yeah, I think they're pretty good. Um, and... and I, the pitching's been great, uh, but if those bats could just turn around and and it's not even like they're hitting the ball well, they're they're just chasing everything, swinging at dirt, um, and and Roberto Perez getting hurt really, uh, really hurt the team, man, really hurt the team. Uh, watching Sandy Leone who's batting one oh five, I mean, yeah, he just got walked. You know, we're watching the game yeah. live. If the fans need to know again, but Leone just got walked. Four pitch walk. So lead off man is aboard in the and bottom then, of the third. And then your next hitter is Mercado, who's batting one twenty nine. So. It's, <laughs> let me let me tell you that. Let me say this. Let me, and I'll, I'll get your guys' opinion on this. Uh, in baseball, hitting is very contagious. I mean, usually when one guy goes, the rest of the team goes. Um, and right now, unfortunately, it looks like since one guy can't go, nobody can go. I I still believe that this lineup is way out of order. I I still I never I understood moving Lindor to the three hole. I don't think that's the answer. I think Lindor should be leading off. You take mm-hmm. Mercado, who was in the two hole last year. And now you put them all the way down at the bottom, sandwiched by nobody. I mean, because now Lindor's not even hitting leadoff. It's Cesar Hernandez. And right now, in tonight's game, he is sandwiched between Sandy Leon and Cesar Hernandez. That's a lot different than Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't like Lindor leading off. Um, well, there he's pressing right now. He is pressing big time. Well, You can tell. I mean, yes, he has three home runs, and yes um, – Everyone's pressing. I mean, he's been one of the right. better hitters right. out of the team. He's taking uncharacteristic swings from from what we've seen out of him before. I just I feel like he's not comfortable yet. I still think that just no. He's had no protection. He's had pretty much had to no, do everything. Yeah, right. That's and that's the issue. I still think though the lineup would be better off, especially with how things are going right now. With Frankie one, Oscar two, Jose three. Keep Carlos in the floor, or even if you switch Carlos, if you have to have. Frankie in the three goal. I mean, let's not forget Carlos Santana had leadoff for years under Tito and did a phenomenal job too. I, I mean, mean I would, just I would, this lineup is interchangeable. It's just they need a spark right now, and maybe change the lineup over is what it is. Because I tell you now, that's what not, they've been doing. It's been twelve. I think in the last eleven, first eleven games, they've changed. The, it's been Tito's changed it, or I guess Sandy too. Eleven. 11 different times they've changed the whole lineup around trying to figure out that perfect, you know, lineup. So the top four has stayed the same. It's because we have, we're carrying eight outfielders. Yeah. Like, that, no wonder none of them get hot. I mean, I don't care. I mean, yes, Luplo is not the best, but I, you can't get hot when you play once every three days. I mean, yeah, I think he's Allen's 17 now. Yeah. Greg Allen's defense any day of the week, because I still think he doesn't get the opportunity he needs. But the dude plays and then sits for two games, then he's back and then he sits for three. All the only ones that are playing every day are Mercado, and then next up would have to be Zimmer, is my guess. And you just you can't get anything going like that, especially in a season like this. I, I understand you want to get Daniel 
Jet Johnson in there. Mercado. Wimplo. Just wait till Naquin's healthy. I hope he doesn't play this year because he's terrible. Um, it, it's Domingo Santana. That's the other one I can't even. Think, I, I couldn't think of. Nope. And don't forget the line of the Shields. You know he's coming back too. It's Great, Mister Bunt. That's all you can do. The top four stayed the same the entire time, and they're still not doing what they should be doing offensively. The bottom. And it's not only they're facing great pitchers either. I mean, these are. I just watched Mercado pop up to a third base on a on a. I believe it was a fastball in the middle. I mean, they're Rick Manning said it best. They are getting their pitches to hit, and they are fouling them off or popping them. They're they're trying to do too much, and baseball is a tough game. It's not easy whatsoever, but you can keep it simple. And right now, it's like these guys aren't keeping it simple, and it's very frustrating as a fan. For all of us, it's very frustrating. I mean, having played the game, it's just we know that this is pretty much our last shot to do anything because we know Lindor's gone after this year. Um, next year. But that's that. I mean, hey, we'll, we'll see. Maybe next week when we have another episode, the Indians will be on a, a six-game win streak. But we'll switch gears again. We'll go, let's go to a new sport now. Not a new sport, but new for the podcast today. And uh, we'll. I'm, I'm going to let you lead this one, Mitch Farnsworth, but – College football is back, I guess. Quite I hope so. Kind of, maybe, not sure, but over to you. Yeah, um, it, we're we're back. I, I think you know we're gonna um, <laughs> hopefully have a season. The Big Ten came out with their ten uh, games conference schedule today, which got a little bit of an excitement out of everybody. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm like. Love college football, always love it. Um, but I'm really hoping that we get this season. Uh, I'm really skeptical about this, as I've heard today. We've got D- Division Two, Division Two schools of or uh, Division Two fall sports have been canceled. So I kind of feel that is going to lead into a D1. But you know, I, I give props to the guy that came up with the schedule. At least it's interesting, something that you know gives us some, you know hope for uh, this season, but um, you know, seeing the schedules and uh, uh, you know, seeing what Michigan has to deal with and, you know, adding that well, I think it's six, you play everybody in your conference obviously, and then I think there's four uh, crossover games that you all play. So I believe the first game I think is Ohio State, so I think it's a Thursday night, September 3rd, so a little less than a month from now, right? So we're, yeah, about we're under a month away from all that's happening, which I'll be skeptical about. It, 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 I just don't think it. I don't see it. I don't. I don't see how you can limit, you know, outbreaks with you know eighty-five to a hundred people, you know, in the same place. It's it's going to be tough. Um, you know, all the other sports that you see, you know, it's twenty or less guys, or I'm sorry, twenty to forty guys, and that's it. There's not that many, but. Football, there's, you know, you've got the coaches, you've got the trainers, you've got all the players that are on the sidelines. It's, it's a lot of moving parts, and it's difficult to have that. So uh, I'm really skeptical, but looking at the schedule, it, it would be fun to see. You know, Michigan and Ohio State are not going to play um, in, in the last week of the season anymore. They're going to play mid-October. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to see that. Michigan and Ohio State in a not the last week of the season – um, middle end of October. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out. It would be, um, so yeah. So like I said, ten weeks with I think, or it would be twelve weeks with two buys for each team, um, uh, and then the Big Ten championship game would be, I believe, uh, December December fifth. Yeah, and then unless it gets moved back for any situation, December nineteenth would be pushed back. So. It'd be interesting. Um, I'm going to let you guys get uh, your feedback, and then maybe I'll, I'll come back and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to what you guys have to say, and then uh, we'll, we'll figure out from there. Yeah. Uh, pessimistic Frank uh, agrees with everything that you said. Uh, with the, I don't know if it's going to happen, uh, but I like the idea. Optimistic Frank's going to act like COVID's not a thing and look at the schedule, and uh, it, it, it's definitely, I mean, Ohio State doesn't have a terrible schedule. Um, it's the, one of the easiest schedules. Are you kidding me? I mean, can I talk or can, can, can we, oh, can we go? You can sleepwalk for the, through the first six weeks. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we already with the whole schedule. I mean, we already knew who was going to win the Big Ten before they released the schedule. So yeah, Wisconsin uh, because Wisconsin pretty much plays Rutgers. Wisconsin, so Ohio State, Ohio State's going to win their fourth straight Big Ten uh, conference. They have the best coach in the country, or best coach in the conference, uh, the best quarterback in the conference. Um, and they could play any, really, they could play the best. Best wide receiver in the conference. Yes, they could play the best 10 teams in the conference, and they would be f- probably double-digit favorites against everyone. They're going to be on the road against Penn State, favorite against them. Uh, they're going to absolutely murder Michigan. Um, and like you said, an easy schedule. Um, I, I, it's not like we could pick our schedule. Um, so sorry about that. We played Wisconsin last year, so. Uh, we get the easier side of the West uh, this season. Uh, we were going to beat anybody, everybody anyway. Um, so, you know, very excited for Ohio State. You know, praying the season happens because uh, Ohio State is going to make the playoff. So hopefully would would love to see that happen. Um, but the schedule, uh, it's interesting. Um, praying it happens. Um, and just excited that I guess it's less than a month away. So hopefully it, everything goes to schedule and, um, the season happens. So, Mitch Paul, what do you think? Um, I'm, I'm just not I, – I, you can't be optimistic right now because – I I was just trying to be. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, that's not what I meant. I'm just – in my opinion, the schedule dropping is great because it gets fans talking. It gets us talking. It gives our listeners something to listen to and think about. If baseball is having outbreaks in a game where you really have no contact with each other and you don't have guys lined up yards, feet apart, breathing on each other, I I mean, what's that say for college football? You're not going to keep, like you guys said, 80-plus 80, 80 kids on a team in a bubble on each team, and they're at their college, like on campus. I mean, you you're joking. They're college kids. We were college kids. We know we like you like to go out. You like to have fun. Even though this is a different time, there's still places open. You can still go do things. I mean, it's this is where you're going to find out who really wants it, who has the most discipline, okay? And that's where we're going to start with. I mean, don't forget the Big Ten started the uh, – was it, is it the BTA the, or BTU? Is the Big Ten Unity? The, the group of over 1,000 Big Ten players after the schedule was announced today voicing their concern – um, with the guidelines and regulations concerning, you know, the testing and the and the restrictions and everything for their safety, because they're ultimately the ones that are at risk, not the guys who made the schedule today. Those guys sit in their office and hope everything goes well and rack up the big money. I mean, these players are the ones at risk, and that that's what is I think the players realize, and they're going to take a stand out. That could also be another deciding factor is if the season starts on time. I think what the Big Ten did, this is just my, you know, my opinion and thought process, Mitch Farns, we're, we're starting in 28 days. I think what they did, though, is have it start early and have, don't forget, on the bottom of the schedule we saw today, they have two open dates in December as well as the two bye dates. So we're talking about four open weeks potentially. I I don't think that way they have they have the flexibility to push some games back and move some games around if need be. I think that's why we're starting so early. I mean, SEC, to my knowledge, my neighbor is actually a Bama fan. We were talking today. He, uh, you know, at least he's from Alabama. That, that's all. That's all I can say. It'd be different if he wasn't from Alabama. Um, I don't think they've released their schedule yet because they're not sure what they're doing. Uh, I, I think what I heard of the SEC was they were going to do nine conference and one non-conference game. I, I haven't heard anything from that. That's what I think Frank was, uh, and I were talking about yesterday is about, you know, Clemson going out in tough, uh, the tough competition against the Citadel. Tough. So, um, that's going to be fun. But I think it's a, I think that's what they were trying to do is nine and then um, a one non-conference that's close nearby. So, but their schedule still. I mean, their schedule still isn't released yet. I think. I think they're still waiting to see what happens. I think they want to see what you know other conferences are doing. Which now that's it is now the Big Twelve, the ACC, and the Big Ten have now announced what they're doing. Yep. Um, and if you think these other conferences are going to have a season, you're wrong. Um, I mean, I don't. I'm thinking of the smaller D1s. I, I don't – the MAC isn't going to have one, guys. I no. I don't think the Mountain West can have one. Ivy League. Uh, I, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, we're talk, 
UConn stepping out today was not a huge domino because UConn doesn't make their money on football. No. UConn is a basketball school. So they didn't take a big hit today by canceling the football season. Now, most of the big-time programs, even for the sake of Minnesota, we'll, we'll go there. Coming off a year of last year, them canceling the season would be detrimental to their athletic program, to their boosters and everything. I mean, that's why I think we're going to see the Power 5 conferences play, and that might be it. And like you yeah. said before, Ruth, the that's D3 fine. has canceled all fall championships. D2 has canceled all fall championships. Um, it might be a matter of time before D1 falls in that footsteps, but I think D1 wants their money. Remember, they canceled March Madness. They've lost out on all that. They have. They want to try to get as much as they can now in revenue, um, with that being you know 20% of fans in stadiums, but they're going to try to get these TV contracts bigger. They want to make money any way they can. That's where I think the players are starting to realize that it's unfair. Because, like, uh, um, that's what I'm, I'm going to say. It's it's that's a tough situation because now we have already players opting out. We heard about Justin Fields earlier and say he wouldn't opt out at all. I've heard uh, Micah Parsons from Penn State is going to opt out. Rashad Bateman, who's the leading receiver now at Minnesota, he's already opted out. He's already looking for the 2021 draft. You know, we got these high key guys, you know, that our player or uh, fans want to see that are not going to play. So you're put in the situation that you're not going to have these high, you're not going to see the best players play that are going to be showcase their talent because they're just going to be waiting for the next year draft and, you know, trying to think about their health and safety, which is the number one priority for anybody. But, you know, if, if I'm, I'm going to try to go somewhere that I would never, you know, I'm not going to say never, I, that I'm not going to be able to understand is like standing from a parent situation. You know, how are you going to just send your kid out there, you know, and say that there could be an outbreak between this and now it, it this stuff, it's, I've heard COVID, it's, it's just, it could be days, weeks, and that some people don't even feel it at all, but it's still going to attract the other people. It's, right. it, it, I'm just, if I was a parent, I would be concerned of, you know, how can we control an outbreak? How, you know, baseball hasn't done a good job with it. You know, all you can do is play in a bubble. It's pretty much the other two sports, and they've had none. Hockey and um, basketball I've talked about. How is it, you know, how is it going to be just all these guidelines? I know that the players have got a union now or uh, set up something. The Big Ten is today, you know, saying we need all these things to be accepted, you know, waivers and stuff like that, you know, all have to be signed out for these players and um I'm just concerned, you know, the players are the ones playing the game. You know, the guys, the Big Ten commissioner is, you know, been very vocal and being behind the players and everything like that. Um, but, you know, you've got the TV guys that sit around and, you know, they're safe at home collecting their paychecks while yep. these guys are out there risking their lives. And we say that before even COVID, they risk their lives playing the game that they love. You know, now you're you're concerned about that. So, you know, like they want to make their money, like Mitch Wallace said, but, you know, is the university going to be willing to do it, you know, if one of these kids catch it? And uh, unfortunately, you know, they do pass away. Then you've got a whole lawsuit on a situation. Do you think that schools will actually want to, you know, go into those legal battles of, you know, and having that, you know, not I say it, you know, I hope none of this happens, but the blood on their hands that they have – this uh, duty to protect their, their that child when they go to that university. So I, I'm just really concerned about that. Um, that. That's really all I had to really say about that. So, uh, I'm going to go to Frank now um, yeah. as uh, yeah. we kind of talk to finish up this uh, Big Ten and stuff like that. Yeah, just piggybacking off what you said with the, uh, like the Micah Parsons of the world and Batemans of the world, like that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think any first or, or second day potential player – that has a pretty good rating, uh, pretty good draft rating, is going to have to have a serious conversation uh, with their with their family, with their teams. Because um, it's sort of like sitting out, you know, really the really good players like the Christian McCaffrey's of the world sat out bowl games. It's sort of like sitting out a season. You know you're going to have money lined up uh, in, in a few months when you get drafted. So is, is playing in this season where there's going to be a lot of concerns uh, and potential outbreaks, is it really worth it? Um, which... I mean, they're going to have to, that's for them to decide, uh, like Farnsworth said, uh, Justin Fields, Ohio State star quarterback, said he's not going to uh, 
he's not going to sit out this season. He's going to want to play. And I mean, he, him and Trevor Lawrence, I mean, they're going to be the first two picks in the draft. Um, and they, they would have the biggest risk out of anybody, but he's going to continue to play and, and try to uh, play the season for Ohio State. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see if what happens if someone does catch it and there is a potential outbreak, um, like you guys talked about with the schedule with a lot of openings, uh, maybe they, they're going to have to push back games or have people play on their bye weeks. Um, but nonetheless, I, I just hope it really happens. Uh, Mitch Ball, do you have any final thoughts? No, you know, for the sake of it, you guys touched on it. I don't need to harp on anything else. I mean, don't need to be repetitive. I mean, the thing is that by the time we have, by the time we record another episode, you know, in the next week, things could definitely have changed. I mean, we could be, I mean, who knows? The possibilities are endless in, for college football, but I think it's it's safe for me to say that all three of us want college football back. I think the country needs college football and pro football back. Uh, we didn't even touch on the NFL today. That's just a completely different show segment, and we're not going to even bring that up. That's something we can deal with in the next show or later down the road when we get closer to the NFL season. But, um, man, I, I really want to see some Ohio State football. I want to keep watching Indians baseball. And hopefully they turn it around. And I want to – I don't want to. I can't wait to see LeBron James go get his fourth ring and lead the Lakers to the NBA championship. Um <laughs> So any final thoughts from you guys? I'm good over here. I'm good. You know, I can I just say, you know, prayers out to Lebanon. I saw the explosion yesterday. You know, that that's that's some scary stuff yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I saw that too. So yes, right yeah. right there with you. I mean, that was something I, I have not seen in our, our lives before. No. Um, that, I'm, I'm not, not going to say anything because I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, scary prayers out to Lebanon. And uh, to all of our listeners as well, you know, stay safe out there. Um, social distance, wear a mask so this thing ends. And we thank you for tuning in to episode nine of the FNM and M podcast alongside Mitch Farnsworth and Frankie Lippold. I'm Mitch Bala, and we'll see you when we see you. Go, Bucks. <laughs>